This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Scripture this morning came from Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, and it reads again as follows. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The challenges we face in life generally come from two places. Either your difficulties and your challenges come because of something or someone outside of yourself, or your difficulties are a product of your own doing. Either someone is causing your issue, or your issue is a making of your own doing. Now as I pondered these two realities and these two truths, it led me, interestingly, to look at some of the things in the natural world that create problems and difficulties for human beings. And since we are in the season of COVID-19, I thought to look at the two toxins that serve as very dangerous threats to the health and wellness of human beings. I'm talking about venom and viruses. Now the things that interest me are one, the way that they enter the human body, and secondly, the steps that are taken to eradicate their effects. Both of these processes hold very specific clues to how our Lord cares for the health and wellness of the human soul. And so today, with our scripture as a guiding light, I want to talk a bit about venoms and viruses in a message I've titled, It Takes One to Know One. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly and Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, send the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. To kick us off, let's first talk about venom. Venom is a poisonous substance secreted by animals. It's typically injected in the body through a wound by means of a bite or a sting by creatures such as snakes, spiders, and scorpions. Now, depending on the type of venom, they can either act on your cardiovascular system, including the heart and the blood, act on your nervous system, including the brain, but essentially, they directly damage your cells and molecular system. And unless someone is provoking the animal, infections by venom, for the most part, usually occurs when people are minding their own business. You're going about doing your thing and something stings you. In other words, venom is a wound caused by something or someone other than you. Now, to stop the effects of venom once it enters your body, something is developed which is called the anti-venom. Antivenoms are antibodies that are created by taking small doses of the venom itself and then injecting it into an animal like, say, a horse, and, and now, as the dose is gradually increased, the animal builds up a tolerance 
to the venom and this tolerance to this foreign substance causes the animal to produce the antibodies to the venom. Are you tracking with me? These antibodies are then harvested by taking, watch this, blood from the animal, separating out the antibodies and then injecting those antibodies into the person that was bit or stung. Are you still tracking with me? Now, when injected into the patient, the antibodies bind themselves to the venom and neutralize the activity of the venom in the patient. So the venom that was meant to destroy a life is the same venom that was used to save a life. You see, the disease caused by the venom, which was the cause by something outside of you, finds its cure in the disease itself. For it takes one to know one. Let's turn our attention now to viruses. In a nutshell, viruses are very tiny germs. They typically get into your body through your nose, your mouth, your ears, that's why we are wearing masks, or through a break in your skin. So unless someone is touching things and then putting their fingers in their mouth or their face, which I hear all the time I shouldn't do, then infections by viruses for the most part usually occur because of your own and my own carelessness. In other words, viruses are contracted because of you. Now, once they get inside your cells, the virus germs then gives information to those cells on how to make more copies of itself. All this because a virus cannot replicate alone. But while it is making more of itself, it actually kills the host cell before having to move to a new cell. And in this process of killing a cell and moving to another cell is how you can get diseases along the way. Now to combat a virus, it is necessary to use medications that specifically treat viral infections called the antiviral. These antivirals aim to minimize the symptoms of an infection and shorten its duration while helping to reduce transmission of the virus itself. I can best explain this by using the concept of a computer virus. Now stay with me, church. We're going somewhere. A computer virus is a small piece of software program that attaches itself to a common program on your computer, such as like Excel or Word. It, it attaches itself to a common program. And each time the spreadsheet program runs, the virus runs as well, because it needs it. And when running, it has a chance to reproduce itself by attaching itself to other programs by piggybacking on the other programs in your computer. So in other words, when you pick up this virus because you open an attachment you shouldn't have opened, you find that you open up another program and that program starts acting funky. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Now the interesting thing about a computer virus is how they get into your computer system in the first place. There are essentially four basic ways that they get into your system. When the computer owner opens an attachment or link from unknown emails. This usually happens when the virus is transmitted by an email that you recognize or think the person you know is sending it to you when it ain't them. You see, the enemy of our soul, he masquerades as an angel of light. The, the, the second way that it happens is when the computer owner downloads software from a corrupted site. Third, when the computer owner clicks on an online advertisement, right? An advertisement comes, it looks like American Express, it looks like Chase, and you click it. Fourth, the computer owner accesses social media 
where information is freely shared and it's an open access network where anyone can post anything freely like Facebook, etc. Now, in every one of these examples that I just gave, notice that I began with the statement, when the computer owner. This means that the only way that a virus can access your computer system is if you give it permission at the point of entry. Unless you give it access, the virus cannot infect your computer. So unlike infections by venom that are usually someone else's doing, infections by viruses are your doing. Similar to antiviral medication, the antivirus application works in the background of the computer system. It maintains its own database of known viruses, when it which it then compares and scans your files in order to see if any of the characteristics match. In case you don't know how antivirus programs in your computer work, that's what they do. It keeps a record in its database, and when something shows up, that matches what's in its database, it identifies it as a problem. And, and if the characteristics match, it takes the file and it, it quarantines it, which means it's moved now to a new and a safe location and then renamed so that it does not affect any other file in your system. But it didn't go away. It was just moved to another location and renamed. I pause here for effect because I wonder, with all that's going on in your life, whose name are you carrying? And whose name is on you? And where have you been quarantined? So when injected into the patient, rather than killing a virus directly, antivirals usually suppress the virus's ability to infect and multiply in your cells. So the virus that is meant to destroy a life is the same virus that is used to save a life. Again, the cure for the disease is in the disease because it takes one to know one. Let's talk a little bit about the human mind. The human mind is actually a set of cognitive faculties which includes consciousness and perception and thinking and judgment, language and memory. All of this is going on in the human mind. It holds the power of imagination and recognition and appreciation and is responsible for processing feelings and emotions and you know, resulting in attitudes and actions. The mind is like a computer itself. It receives information from various inputs and it processes them and turns them around to produce some kind of output. There is a reason why you do the things you do. Because something was input in you. And you process that, whatever that thing is, and you produce something else. So, generally speaking, if I look at what you produce, I can normally tell what was put in you. <laughs> so as a person grows and develops, they are constantly taking in new information from various sources that work very much like a software program. For example, when our daughter was learning Pythagoras' theorem in math, which is a formula, you all remember it, 
A squared plus B squared equals C squared, her mind was able to solve any math problem that involves right-angled triangles. Because she, 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 she had installed in her mind a software program called Pythagoras. And as she continued to grow, different software was being installed into her mental hard drive, which allowed her to process even more information at a faster rate. Are you all with me still? But every now and then, she may watch something on TV that was inappropriate. Or click on a website that had information that now attaches itself to her mind and corrupts what she already knows. And this corrupt information only needs to get into her psyche one time in order to mess up everything that she already knew. And when this happens, her mind becomes so confused and information that is contrary to what she already knows begins to cause a complete malfunction. This is why the United Negro College Fund came up with that very insightful slogan. Y'all remember it, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. By allowing something to enter into your mental hard drive that has no business being there, you start to make decisions that end up affecting your entire mental computer system. Like a computer, when the virus gets in, all of a sudden you can't turn on or off when you want to and you just can't seem to function properly. You're easily angered by the slightest provocation of the people that are closest to you. You're always irritable. You're always fatigued and tired. You lack any kind of motivation to do anything, even the things that you used to enjoy. You, you become lazy and slow, always despairing. You're frustrated with everything. Things you used to remember, you just can't remember anymore. And to put it plainly, you just feel like shutting down. Brothers and sisters, if any of this sounds like you and you feel you just need to reboot and start all over again, it's quite possible that you have a spiritual virus. A spiritual virus now is a mental software that gets hacked into your mind when you are most unaware. It's it, it spread by spiritual deception. It comes into your thinking when you're most vulnerable and when you're not quite paying attention to what is going on around you. No matter where you go, no matter where you sit, eat, walk, or run, a spiritual virus has a way of finding you. They search for the vulnerable. They probe for the weak. They hunt for a suitable host in which to thrive and to multiply. You cannot hide from them. Some people are infected and don't even know it. And others think, oh, that could never happen to me. But spiritual viruses mostly infiltrate your mind when you have worked really long hours. And you and your family and everyone is emotionally and physically exhausted. When you harbor unforgiveness... You carry guilt and shame. You refuse correction from those in authority. You focus on your own self-serving choices. You stay away from regular worship with the saints. You give sparingly. You're ignorant of the word of God and you forsake Bible study. You learn to lean to your own understanding. And finally, one of the ways that spiritual viruses get into persons is when you don't pray. 
These points are not designed to make any person in here feel guilty, but instead to show you just how vulnerable and susceptible you are to becoming infected by a spiritual virus. And when you are infected, it will only be a matter of time before the entire church and the entire assembly becomes infected as well. This is what happened to the Corinthian Christians that Paul was talking to. You see, they had brought the world into the church through division. Open, incestuous sin, so brazen that even pagan Gentiles were scandalized by it. Disorder and gross misconduct, even drunkenness at the Lord's table. These are the Corinthian Christians. They, they were abusing the charismatic gifts and causing utter chaos in the worship service. You know, they'll tell you to walk it out. I'm just saying. They were filing lawsuits against one another in secular courts. This church had major problems of unimaginable kinds. In other words, they had caused a virus to infect the operating system of God's church. And it came in because the spiritual heads of the church in Corinth at the time were not alert. They were not standing firm and they were not doing the things that they know God loves. In other words, when you get distracted, it's very easy for a spiritual virus to find you. And sometimes you may think, that can't happen to me. But there is a cure. Remember at the beginning I told you it takes one to know one. Did I say that? Yes. Well, just so we are clear of our understanding of a venom and an antivenom and a virus and an antiviral. Whether the disease was caused by something or someone outside of you, infections by venom, or caused by your own fault, infections by virus, both attack your cells and your body and cause you to be diff eased. Both venom and viruses come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But what if the fault, hear me now church, what if the fault of the issue, the dis-ease that you are dealing with was not caused by someone else and was not caused by you, but instead you were born with it? Mm. What if you were born broken? What if you were born with it? Well, there is such a disease-causing agent, and it is much worse than a venom or a virus. You see, this disease-causing agent has no human cure. And the Bible calls it sin. And it has affected and infected every person in this room. Before you and I were in our mother's womb, Satan hacked into Adam and Eve's mental hard drive. And he sowed seeds of doubt, despair, guilt, and shame that so corrupted their human nature that every single human being since that time was born with a manufacturer's defect. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, 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 and the manufacturer's defect has been the reason for damages in relationships between people. That defect is, has, has ruined marriages and friendships. The splitting of churches and the separating of families. The removal of our excitement and our sense of wonder. The robbery of our peace and our joy. Fear and the hindrance of our fellowship and relationship with God. All caused by this manufacturer's defect. 
It is the sole reason for wars and rumors of wars. Deadly diseases like AIDS and COVID-19, global warming, and just about everything that has gone wrong with this sin-infested world. Brothers and sisters, I'm just telling you like it is. <laughs> so, as a result of this manufacturer's defect, the options before God was to do a recall. You see, he could do a recall to rework all of the affected products. He could. He could re-inspect every defect on every product, or he could simply destroy the whole kit and caboodle. But there was still one thing that God could do. For remember I told you at the beginning that it takes one to no one. And that the cure for the disease is in the disease. Well, let's then look, finally, all of that was the introduction <laughs> to our text. The cure for the disease is where? In the disease. It takes one to no one. I said all of that just to get to our text. Now we can read it in its proper context. Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See it? That's it. That's the cure. The cure is Jesus. This means that when Jesus became sin for us, he became the virus so that he could recognize it because it takes one to know one. And after recognizing the sin virus, he then shed his blood on Calvary's cross from which we were able to extract the antibody. This is how he quarantined the sin, meaning that he moved it far away to a safe new location and he renamed that place hell. And it can no longer affect any other files on our mental and our spiritual hard drive. Then after doing this, <laughs> he, he rose on the third day. And by doing this, he gave us the opportunity to all have a, a reset. A reboot. Even a new mind. This is why Paul says, we carry in our heart the righteousness of Christ that dwells within us. And Paul tells us, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, not a complicated message. Jesus, who knew no sin, became the very thing that was needed to cure us of the impossible sin. Jesus is the perfect anti-venom. Jesus is the perfect anti-viral. Jesus is the perfect anti-virus. He is the antidote. He is the solution. He is the alpha and the omega. 
He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and he is the end. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the comforter. He is the counselor. He is wonderful. He's almighty God. He is Jesus. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, if you need a blood transfusion so you can get a reset and a reboot, here's the best part. Every now and then, when your computer gets infected first, you get an email sometimes that will tell you that they need to update your software so you can handle the latest. When you got COVID, they'll give you the latest booster, the latest vaccination, because the virus keeps changing itself. It keeps figuring out what you got. And then when it figures out what you got, because it takes one to know one, it comes with something deadlier and you gotta keep updating and updating and updating and updating. Brothers and sisters, thanks be to God that through faith in Jesus Christ, you can be purged of this virus called sin. You can have this reset and this reboot. And when you have the mind of Christ, You'll be able to understand the things of God because now you understand that it truly takes one to know one. For the Lord says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. That's what he says. So when you have Jesus, it doesn't matter how much the disease changes. Because one thing is for sure, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he needs no updates. It takes one to know one. Do you know him? May the Lord bless you richly. In Jesus' name, amen.